Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Milwaukee Sports Performance Podcast, where we talk about all things related to athletic performance, rehabilitation, and wellness. My name is Dr. Michael Falk, and I'm going to be hosting this episode, and I'm joined by personal trainer and nutritionist Kristen Kyle. Kristen and I are going to dive deep into her philosophy with personal training and nutrition, and she gives some specific advice for people that are first starting to exercise, people that have weight loss goals, and other exercise and nutrition-related tips, including your favorite snacks and steps to start eating healthier. I think this is a great episode that anybody from an active adult to an athlete are going to be able to take something away from. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Welcome to another episode of the Milwaukee Sports Performance Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Kristen Kyle. Kristen is a personal trainer and a nutrition coach at B Fitness in Delafield. Kristen previously had a career in finance before chasing her passion in fitness and nutrition. Kristen, thanks for taking the time to come on today. I'm really excited to the conversation. Thanks for having me. So I always like um, talking about people's backgrounds when we start, just kind of let people get to, know, get to know you a little bit better. And I've been particularly curious and looking forward to hearing how we went from a career in finance at Miller Coors, right? <laughs> yeah. Into um, personal training and nutrition. Yeah, absolutely. So growing up, I've always been into sports and nutrition. I played softball, volleyball, did Taekwondo. Um, and it's kind of always been in the back of my mind that at some point I wanted to get into health and nutrition, but out of college, had a finance degree, did the corporate life for about 12 years. And, you know, I got to the point where I was just sitting every day and I was just like, man, this isn't me. I need to do something more active. And I thought I can always come back to finance. So why not, you know, just make the jump. And it's been a little over two years and I haven't looked back and it's great. That's awesome. That's, I can't imagine sitting at a desk like full time. I mean, now in my role here, I do have more days that I spend on my computer behind the desk than what I used to do. But that's part of what drew me into athletic training initially too, is like getting to just every day. And even throughout the day, it was different. You'd like go to practice, you'd go to the weight room, you'd do rehab, you'd have some admin stuff, but it was just not sitting there and like pounding keys for eight hours a day. <laughs> yeah, that was is the one thing in college I didn't think about. Like I was like, oh yeah, this is gonna be great. I love a good spreadsheet. You know, math is cool. <laughs> but like the sitting all day, I was like, huh, how did I overlook this? But <laughs> yeah, probably the first guest that we've had that said I love a good spreadsheet. That's, <laughs> that's, that's uh, not not a lot that we get in uh, in, in our uh, health and fitness podcast. So. Um, I want to dive into both kind of the personal training and the fitness side a little bit. So I know on the personal training side that you work with a variety of clients from helping out with the um, Impact Sports Academy here or, or um, B Sports Academy here um, to doing, you know, just general fitness clients and personal training. So specifically with your general fitness clients, kind of what's your process when you meet someone for the first time? How do you get to know them, what their goals are and and like get yourself ready to kind of build a plan and start um, working with them. Yeah, I think it's starting out, like we start with the basics, you know, I like to get background, history, um, injuries, cover that, if they've had any previous gym experience or not, um, and really figuring out what their main goal is. What do they want to come from our sessions? And I think 
once you kind of cover all of those bases, then it helps me create a roadmap of how I'm going to get them to their goals and how we're going to structure the sessions and incorporate things that they like. Because I want this to be fun. I want to challenge them. But, you know, I want them to enjoy coming here and putting in the hard work. Yeah, I think that's key. I mean, we talk about um, even with our setting of like, maybe especially especially that we do, like no one wants to go to physical therapy. Like, you know, it's it, I always feel bad like you know i take a lot of initial phone calls with people and it's like oh how are you doing and like i know they're not doing well because they're talking <laughs> yeah. to me um but you know so no one's here for no one's here for personal training no one's here to like i mean some people maybe like to just get punished for an hour and like leave <laughs> dripping but, but most of the time people have like a goal and we even find a lot of times it's not even like the goal is like oh i want to run or look better or whatever the case may be but there's like a goal underneath that, like, yeah, you know, running's their social for a mom, like running's their social activity with their friends, and that's something that we've found has just been so, like, so much more helpful to like learn what people really want, you know, yeah, that, more than the surface there. level answer, yeah, because then it's, it gives you something to keep time back to, like when it gets hard, it's like, oh yeah, remember your like, why, yeah, this yeah. is what we want to do. Um, so let's dive into some specific you know, situations, maybe obviously everyone is totally different and, but, but just some general guidelines that you might have for someone that's listening that maybe wants to lose weight. What are some key things that you tend to focus on with clients that have like a weight loss goal? Yeah, I think it's a combination of things, right? Um, first thing I always like to encourage is people to get into weight training so often like all the magazines out there they're like oh cardio and this and that but really like we see the most progress in the fastest amount of times if we can get people into the weight room and lifting weights because muscles at rest are burning more calories than fat at rest so um that would be my big number one and then i think the other thing is just getting people to move more throughout the day like as a society i feel like we just sit constantly whether it's at the desk or at home watching Netflix, whatever. So if people can do anything to incorporate movement in their day, that's huge. Yeah, I, I agree. I think we see that all the time, just like the sedentary, you know, you go from sitting, having breakfast to sitting at the drive, you know, sitting in your car, driving to the office, sitting at the office. Have you noticed like a difference at all with people working from home during the pandemic? Like are people able to move around more during the day if they're not like having to drive to work and stuff like that yes and no so like i back in my corporate days i used to i would be on back-to-back -back conference calls all the time so this was pre-zoom so i would just like put the phone on speakerphone and i would just like knock out some squats at my desk <laughs> or do some push-ups um which it's hard now with zoom and you're on camera but i tell people regardless even if you're in back-to-back -back calls you have like 30 or 60 seconds. How long does it take to do 10 air squats or walk up and down the stairs in your house? And I encourage people to just like find little breaks anytime you can, whether you go to fill up your water. Okay. Just, you know, add some stairs or something in there and break it up a little bit. So I think that's been great or take a quick walk around the block. So I've seen people have success with that. Yeah. I think that's something that I struggled with myself is like, I, you know, write this big well thought out, out program that would take like a lot of time and it was like oh i don't have time to do that so i'm just not going to do anything and yeah it's been something like the last four-ish months as i've gotten busier and busier it's like 
all right, you know what? I don't have time for, to do that, but like I can go jump on a treadmill for 20 minutes and like do a couple phone calls. <laughs> You'll see me out here like walking and responding to emails. Yeah. Um, and it's been like a huge help and like looking for rather than making looking for an excuse not to because you can't do the perfect thing. Like, yeah. Looking for an excuse to do something. Exactly. I made a, a goal over quarantine. Like every time I walked past my fridge, I would just do five push-ups. I wanted to get better at push-ups, and I was like, five. Like how? Yeah. Super quick. And then you're just like, oh, I don't have an excuse. It's like five push-ups. Like, yeah, okay, do let's do it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel like you, I love what you said about the strength training. I think that is a huge misconception that we see. But I feel like that has to be a hard sell or like you're taking on like the whole media world conglomerate <laughs> of um, what weight loss training should look like. Yeah. And how do you approach that? from an education standpoint with clients? Yeah, it, it's tough, right? Because everything out there, they're just like cardio, cardio, this and that. Um, I really try to just break it down and talk to them about like what building more muscle will do. And I think a lot of women come to me and they're like, well, I don't want to look like the Hulk. And I'm like, I promise you, you're not going to look like the Hulk. You have to strategically overeat and be in the weight room like hours, multiple times a day to get there. And I think kind of just dispelling some of their fears and just being like, hey, I lift a ton of weight. I don't think I'm like huge. <laughs> you can do this. And, you know, it, just slowly breaking it down for them. Yeah. I, we see that too. I mean, a lot because like a lot of our say ACL clients or people like that, that like we need them to really lift heavy weight to get back yeah. to recover what they've lost. And that's a common thing that we hear. Like, I don't want to be bulky. And it's like, if you talk to our professional baseball pitchers that, you know, when they're all done, they, they will, without really trying, probably be 15 to 20 pounds lower because it takes like a tremendous amount of effort to add the weight that they've added yeah. and then maintain it. Like, you know, if they lose focus on their eating for like a week or two, they'll be, you know, five, 10 pounds lower. And everyone laughs when we say this, but it's like, no, it's really hard to do like yeah. those things. Yeah. Like it takes a lot of focused effort. So no, I think that's, I think that's great. And it's so important because not only from a weight loss standpoint, but just from like a lifelong activity, avoiding future injuries, surgeries, like, you know, muscle mass loss is like the, one of the most like, important things in elderly yeah. people and falls and things like that so and I have, I have a lot of clients that struggle with just like getting up off the couch and they just want to move better and chase their grandkids better and I tell them like weight training is where it's at it's gonna help you know like you said prevent injuries and just maintain a better quality of life yeah I mean, I love it all right so let's kind of move switch switch gears slightly so maybe not necessarily just a weight loss goal but somebody that's a new exerciser they've never really participated in a fitness routine had a gym membership done anything like that what's some advice that you give to somebody like that yeah i think i find a lot of times when people are new to the gym or new to workouts um they get intimidated right like they're like oh man everybody's here they're judging me i don't know what to do best piece of advice ignore everyone else nobody cares like Everyone is so in their own zone. They have their headphones in. They're worried about, like, what they're doing. They could care less what you're doing and probably are, like, spaced out, and it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I think the other biggest thing, too, is 
when in doubt, just ask questions. You know, at BFIN is like, all of the people here, trainers, members, are super, super helpful. Whether you need a spot or you're not sure how to set up the machine, just ask. Like, everybody's really friendly and, you know, they've been there too. So they're more than willing to help out and yeah. give you some guidance. Yeah. We, uh, <laughs> I, I love the, that's one of my favorite things. Like, I feel like people are judging me. I never forget we had this, like, uh, she's like, She's one of the most funny clients that I've ever worked with. She's a high school basketball player, but she's committed to play Division One college basketball. She would always say that she's um, five foot thirteen because she was a center, so she's <laughs> but she didn't like saying that she was six, six feet, feet tall. Uh, so yeah, she'd be like, "How, how tall are you? I'm five foot thirteen. But you know, we get people they have to like go to a, they don't come in every day to do their stuff. Like they have to go to a gym, and she's like. I like go and do these exercises and, and sometimes in rehab they end up doing like some stuff that does kind of look silly because we we're trying to work on specific things and set it up in certain ways and she's like yeah I just feel like everyone's looking at me and I'm like trust me if you're like at your average just commercial gym like no one there knows what they're doing either so like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like they're probably watching you because they're trying to learn what you're doing like if you've worked with a personal trainer if you've worked with a physical therapist like you're you probably know more than everyone that's watching you and they're probably trying to steal what you're doing <laughs> oh exactly and and you as a trainer like you see that you see like people are like oh well that gave me a good idea now maybe i'll go do this you yeah. know like exactly it's like just you know it's not always bad sometimes yeah they might look at you but they might be learning from you too so even if you are a new person yeah all right then what do you do for your own training like what's what's your week workout look like yeah i love anything with a barbell um that's really my wheelhouse i like following a linear progression style of lifting um so whether i'm adding weight to the bar every week or trying to add another set or another rep i'm all about like just making progress in some aspect um this goes back to my spreadsheet days i track (laughs) it i make numbers you know i still still have a hold on those but uh yeah that's great i uh see you out there working out all the time and i think it's i think it's just really important for you know it's something that we preach and talk about a lot too like leading from the front like you know if you're suggesting other people do it it's good for you to yeah to be able to do it too or my running jokes like i can demonstrate anything once like (laughs) you know i might not might not be able to do all the sets of a certain exercise or like anything that we have our pro athletes do i I can at least i've taught myself to at least do one good rep that i can demonstrate it like like, okay you got it we're we're good okay (laughs) yeah that was my max you're gonna do five but (laughs) So, all right, let's uh, go ahead and switch gears from the personal training side into some of the nutrition things. So, I know that you've gone through the Precision Nutrition course and either finishing or working through their kind of level two course. What was your experience, like maybe tell people what Precision Nutrition is and what's been some of your big takeaways from that um, certification? Yeah, I uh, love PN's approach to nutrition. It's practical and it's something that you can sustain for the rest of your life. There's like so many restrictive fad diets out there and it's just, it seems like there's a new one popping up every other month and it's hard, right? Like you could do it for 30 days or eight weeks or 12 weeks, but what those diets don't do is they don't talk to you about day 31 or week 13. Like they just kind of leave you hanging and you're like, okay, well I just killed it for this long. Now what? And eventually 
like I fell victim to those. I did it and then I lost the weight and then I gained it back. I'm like, well, what's going on? And that's totally what led me to getting my certification. I was just like, there's got to be a better way. And PN does it. So they, they teach you about life as looking at food as like a continuum. There is no good. There is no bad. There's no food that's off limits. It's thinking about, hey, I should eat less of this. I should eat some of this and I should eat more of this. Um, like one, a great example is thinking about bread, right? Like you think about the eat less category. It's like wonder bread. It's like the white squishy stuff. Yeah. That's awesome for like a good grilled cheese every now and then. Right. Then you have like the eat some category, like a good sourdough for sandwich or whatever. And then the eat more, you want something that's got fiber and is kind of a whole grain type of thing like Dave's killer bread. So that's like in the eat more category. So for my clients, when we meet, I'm just like, hey, let's see where it falls on the spectrum and then kind of go from there. Um, And I think changing the mindset around nutrition like that and not thinking about it so black and white is a great thing that PN does. And I really, really like that. Yeah. Now, if if, uh, anyone that's listening hasn't heard of them, I'd really encourage you to go check out their website. They have so much free content available for people. We we use a lot of their blogs with our injured athletes. They have some just fantastic posts about nutrition while you're injured and things like that. Um, I love what you're saying because we see just a lot of, I mean, people that have poor relationships with food because of this like good and bad aspect. Yeah. Like it's it's perfect or it's evil or and I'm like okay food's amoral like you know that's that's like this isn't a philosophy class like you know that that piece of wonder bread didn't kill anyone it didn't it didn't you know never never did anything um and it's you know degrees of this but like we see just a lot of people that have these very poor relationships with food it's led to like we see a lot of people with injuries that when we start diving into like what's really going down with some of these like overuse injuries, things like that, and our cross-country runners, that it's like, well, you're not fueling your body to recover and it's breaking itself down. And that's, you know, where we refer people to nutritionists and things like that because it's a huge component. Like we could rehab that injured part, but if you don't change what led to it, it's just going to happen again. Yeah. So... I feel like, um, you know, as we were saying, there's just so many myths around nutrition, like yeah. probably more so than anything else. It's a big reason that we started this podcast was to help people deal with some of these, get good information and not end up down on page 27 of Google <laughs> with, with uh, you know, whatever's going on down there. So what are some of the most common misunderstandings that you see when you meet with a new client and start talking about nutrition? Yeah, I think one of... The biggest things is that people feel like they need to be perfect every single day. And that's, it's a reoccurring conversation I have with clients, like teaching them to have grace if they, if they make a misstep and you can still be very successful, whether you're dieting or trying to gain muscle or just trying to maintain, like if you're 80 to 90% on point with your diet, the rest is kind of negligible, right? Like you don't have to be perfect all the time. You can have ice cream, but yeah, have make good decisions the rest of the time, you know? Um, and I think getting people to shift their mindset around, oh, well, I had, I mess, messed up, so now 
the rest of the week is shot and I just got to wait to start on Monday. And I'm like, hold on, it's Wednesday. <laughs> you have, you've got dinner and you've got like the rest of the week to make good decisions. So I try to encourage them to, to not focus on the past and think about, hey, what's one better thing I can do, you know, in the next meal or in my next decision. So yeah. I'm trying to work on that mindset. Okay. Um, and I think probably one of the other things is people think that healthy food is like boring and it doesn't taste good and it's like dried out chicken and broccoli and I'm like no you can still season your food and like I encourage them to try different things like using coconut oil instead of like olive oil or Pam or whatever like just use different things that you might not have tried before and see how that works yeah no I I uh, <laughs> it's, I totally get that and I've you know, been there myself where it's like, oh, bad, you know, I had a bad breakfast, so I might as well go, uh, <laughs> you know, might as well go hit the Chick-fil-A drive through for lunch and then, yeah. you know, while we're on the way home, let's, you know, kind of just spiral, continue to spiral. How do, like, what's your approach with people getting them to buy into that kind of 80-20 concept or like just that bigger picture, you know, that's no one meal and it's no one week, but it's week after week after week of like pretty good versus one perfect week yeah you get two reactions you either get people with like you see them physically breathe a sigh of relief and they're like oh okay like this is good or people that are like don't want to let go of the control and they're like well i'm listening to you but i'm not really listening to you and i'm I'm still gonna do my own thing and it really is just like repetition of telling them that hey, it's consistency over perfection. Like, do you want to try that fad diet for 30 days and see how that is and then see what happens afterwards? Like, if they are very adamant about it, I'll let them do that. And then I'll say, how's that working for you? You know? <laughs> yeah. And and then, like, what's going on now? Well, now you have all these intense cravings and X, Y, and Z. Where could you do that forever? Like, no. So it really is getting them to just open their eyes and be receptive to knowing, hey, this is something small, sustainable changes. Like, you don't have to give up the Starbucks latte, but maybe just have it twice a week instead of five times a week, you know, and just slowly educating them and not making it a big, like, switch from from what they had done before. Yeah, I think that's that's huge to um, really just get people to... keep in mind that big picture. And I, I know something with myself that's helped too, is like other goals than just weight loss or appearance or thing. Like for me, a big motivator for me to like take my nutrition more, more seriously is um, like, as my son's gotten older, I, I started noticing like I was just exhausted when I get home from work and mm-hmm. I just started like feeling terrible. Cause he's like, you know, when he was an infant, he was probably sleeping anyways. But now that he gets home, he's like, you know, the first thing that he'll say is like, Dada, come play with me. And there's like a couple nights I was just, just beat, you know? Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, that really sucked. And like, <laughs> I don't ever want to do that again. And so for me, that was like a thing that was like, okay, well, nutrition is something that I need to take more seriously so that I have more energy at night. And, and then shifting that mindset, it's like, okay, well, now I'm not eating for, you know, whatever, but I'm eating for this other thing. And, and it changes your perception of what you're doing. Yeah, and, and that's a great point. Um, I think a lot of times when people hear about nutrition or they think about it, they're like, oh, I have to do better. I have to 
restrict or I have to do whatever. And it it's shifting it to say, I'm going to fuel my body to do this. Like whether it's for your workouts or playing with your kids or whatever your motivation is, it's thinking about fueling your body for good and not like taking things away. And I think working on that is been helpful too. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right. So for someone that does want to start taking this step to eat healthier, and we can have, yeah. we're already having a long discussion about what that actually means and it probably isn't what they think, but that's their goal to try to eat healthier. What are, what are some of the first steps or pieces of advice that you give to them? Yeah. So I think like diet culture out there, like tries to overcomplicate things, right? They'll put stuff on claims on labels and on packages and antibiotic free or this or that, or this is keto, this is whatever. And the best piece of advice I can give anybody is to eat whole foods. One ingredient done. Like you, it's very hard to overeat whole foods. Um, but if you do get something in a package, look at the ingredient list. Like if you can read them all and pronounce all the words in there, awesome. Like then it's something good. If you start getting to like five or more ingredients that you have no clue what they are, maybe put that back or put that in the eat less category. Have it every now and then, but don't make it a staple. Right. I think that's, that's one of my, I know that's one of precision nutrition's <laughs> favorite things is that, and it's stuff like that, that I think is so helpful for people. Um, like I did, Lauren and I both did a, um, an internship or clinical or continuing education at a place that's called athletes performance. Now it's called Exos, but they're nutritionist. You know, I still can repeat these things, but they're like guidelines for the players choosing food was like, um, the less legs, the better. So like mm-hmm. in general, you know, if it has like chicken slightly better than red meat and fish is maybe slightly better than chicken. Not, not yeah. that you can't have the other, but if you're, if you're ranking them and then, um, like eat a rainbow on every, with every yeah. meal and, um, I forget what the other thing was, but they had one other like simple piece, but those like simple little like brain tricks to like, as you're making these decisions yeah. to be able to quickly like refer back to, should I do this or that? Like I should go that route is really helpful. Yeah, exactly. And just keep it simple. When in doubt, keep it simple. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when you have a when you take on a new nutrition client, um, what is your philosophy and approach? Like, how does working with you um, as a nutrition coach like how does that go for them? Yeah. So a lot of times I have clients come to me and they're like, "Well, I want to lose X amount of pounds," and right off the get go, um, I try to change that mindset. I'm like, so what does that 15 pounds mean to you? Just like you were talking earlier about figuring out people's whys. Because when the going gets tough and you're like really trying to ratchet things down, just saying, oh, I want to lose 15 pounds, how motivating is that? You know, but if you're thinking, hey, I have a vacation coming up and I want to feel confident on the beach or I want to be able to chase my grandkids around or whatever that is, that's going to motivate you to go home and make a healthy dinner instead of hitting Chick-fil-A, you know? Um, So I think once we like identify their why and kind of figure out what they're working towards, then I start implementing small um, behaviors and habits because nutrition comes down to just creating small habits that you can maintain for the long haul. Um, One of the first practices I like to do with a client is to just have them set their fork down between every every bite 
you just set it down and it sounds so simple but let me tell you it's so hard to do like that or set a timer on your alexa and have a meal last 20 minutes i didn't think i was a fast eater but let me tell you like making it last just 20 minutes so hard yeah especially if you have a three-year-old at home <laughs> i can i can confirm that's a that's something we've been trying to do and uh, at times we have a cooperative toddler with it and at times we we it's a lost cause <laughs> yeah yeah and, and if you succeed at doing that that eventually like just teaches you know clients like fullness cues which then helps you prevent like not overeating and that plays into like the bigger picture and that, I remember, like, you tell a client about this, and they're like, why? That seems so simple. I don't get it. But it's, like, bigger picture. I'm just going to start you small, something manageable that you can do right out the get-go. Yeah. I think I love that approach. It'd be, it's easy to go from zero to 60, yeah. but you probably go back to zero in three weeks, you know? Or yeah. You have, yeah, you, have, you can do it for 30 days, but can you do it for... 60 days, 90 days, and really the rest of your life unless you want to lose your progress. Yeah, exactly. I uh, I love it. I love that approach. So I believe that you're doing a nutrition workshop this month. Um, What are you guys going to cover? Where is it? Can anyone come or is it just for the B members? Yeah, anybody can come. Um, So it's at B Fitness. It's next Wednesday, so I'm not sure when this is airing. But um, it'll be available on our YouTube page. They're going to film it. So if you don't catch it live, um, it'll be posted out there for you um, to watch. And we're going to just cover any questions. We had some boxes set up around the club and posted on social media. Um, Anybody can submit questions. And I think some of the ones that we've got so far are, um, what are healthy fats? Is it bad to eat after 7 o'clock? Um, <laughs> like what to eat pre and post workout? So just fielding a lot of general nutrition questions, kind of dispelling some myths that are out there. And um, Raven and myself will be there. And we have very similar outlooks on nutrition, but yet very different. So it's very it's a cool dynamic. You get two perspectives um, and two different opinions on, on these answers. So. That's great. Well, I uh, I might register and come uh, yeah come check it out. So we will. Um, this should come out before that, and then but we'll maybe we can add the uh, YouTube link to the recording um, into the show notes afterwards as well. Yeah. So, all right. I uh, think that was really good. So we're gonna dive into the lightning round. Just a few fun questions. Uh, with you can the answers can be as short or as uh, as long as you want. So what's your favorite post workout snack? Okay, I love Built Bars. They're um, really quality protein, and then honestly, it kind of tastes like a candy bar, but it's good source of protein and uh, some healthy carbs in there post-workout. Okay, great. Do you have a favorite flavor of the Built Bars? Yes, coconut. Coconut. Yeah. Okay, all right. I have not had those, so I'll have to give those a, a try. Yeah. you have a favorite uh, like local Milwaukee restaurant? Yeah, I love City Market in it's in Tosa, and I think there's, I think there's one on the east side somewhere. I think it's Shorewood. Shorewood, yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome sandwiches there, so good. Yeah, we, uh, my wife and I used to live in the third ward, and we had a dog, and the dog store was like right next to City Market in Shorewood, so we'd like, <laughs> go to the dog store, go get coffee or sandwich, anything like that. Um, okay, one of my favorite questions is for busy because we see high school athletes, busy people, not a lot of time 
go-to breakfast? Go-to breakfast. I am a creature of habit with breakfast. I do oatmeal with almond butter and a two-good yogurt every single day. Okay. Pretty much. I love it. And for all the high school athletes that are listening and saying that you don't have time to eat breakfast, that probably takes like 30 seconds to make. So Exactly. And I do like, I even do like the packets, just the plain Quaker original. It's yeah. fine. And I, I figured you had a good fast breakfast because <laughs> I know you're here crazy early in the morning. So uh, I figured you'd have a good, uh, good answer for that. So Christian, uh, Kristen, I really appreciate your time today. Where can people learn more about you and what you're doing with your nutrition and personal training coaching? Yeah, so I, if you're in the Delafield area, I'm at B Fitness pretty much six days a week. Um, and I also have a nutrition business outside of the gym. It's New Normal Nutrition. Um, just started an Instagram handle, so it's uh, content is coming. More content is coming. It's N2 Nutrition Coach. Um, yeah, we can link that in the show notes and yep. check out some nutrition and fitness tips coming soon. That's perfect. We will uh, get that in there. And um, if you guys haven't come out to be fitness, gorgeous gym, come out and visit Kristen and the other personal trainers. Check it out. Um, it's a great, great place if you're wanting to get into whether you're an experienced exerciser or someone that wants to get into exercising and have a health and fitness goal going forward. So. Thanks again for your time and coming on, and thanks to everyone for listening. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Hey, Dr. Michael here. I want to say a sincere thank you for taking the time to listen to that episode. I hope you got a lot out of it. Dr. Brett, Lauren, and I are all extremely passionate about this podcast and trying to use it to help share high-quality, factual information and debunk some of the common myths and misconceptions that we see around athletic performance and rehabilitation. If you have a minute, we would sincerely appreciate you taking the time to leave a rating and review on iTunes or sharing this podcast with a teammate, coach, or colleague who you think may benefit. We want as many people to be able to hear and listen to this information as possible. Lastly, if you are on social media, head over to our page at MKE Sports Podcast or at kinetic underscore SMP to follow us so that you get all the latest information. We love to engage, so leave a comment on this podcast, tell us what you learned, or feel free to ask us a question. We sincerely appreciate all of the support, and we look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode.